is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin Show. Of course, is not the voice of the great one. Denali's taking a break. I'll be back with you on Monday. Have no fear. I'm Dan Bongino, frequent bullpen pitcher for Mark. At the Bongino on Twitter. If you want to comment, criticize, whatever you want, send it my way. You want to give us a call during the course of the show, 877-381-3811. And liberals, you are always, always welcome to call in and challenge anything I say, because unlike liberalism, conservatism is forced to rely on facts and data and not emotions and utopian George Seinfeld or George Costanza, Jerry Seinfeld, bizarro world fantasy land nonsense. All right, um, a lot to get to tonight. Again, I have to triage my needs. I don't get a lot of time with you. It's obviously Mark's show, so when I do fill in, I want to make it count a little bit. So I, I didn't know exactly where to start. So I numbered stuff because it's easy and I'm kind of an organized kind of guy. Just quickly, I want to hit this thing about the calm before the storm Trump comment. For those of you who may have missed it, he was doing a photo op at the White House. I think it was in the stateroom last night. Press comes in. He's taking a picture with a bunch of military leaders, and Trump says, you know what this is, in kind of an extemporaneous off-the-cuff comment, and everybody says, well, what is it? And he says, this is the calm before the storm. And, of course, the media and the fake Republicans out there, I saw a bunch of them on Twitter that want to appeal to the New York Times crowd. They go nuts. Oh, oh, this is so irresponsible. Oh, my gosh, it's Trump. He doesn't know what he's doing. Meanwhile, Obama compared, literally, folks, literally, not figuratively, compared the Republican Party to Iranian hardliner terrorists. The, the media didn't care about that. Frankly, they agreed. But Trump says this is the calm before the storm, and the media is losing their minds. They can't. I, I mean, they're just. You know, was it was it Matthew Matthew Continetti has a piece in the Washington Free Beacon, and I put it up on my Facebook page. I strongly encourage you to read about how the media has just completely, totally decimated its credibility. And you may say, well, they didn't have any before. Uh, they did a little bit, not a lot. But there's a reason they're the most, you know, distrusted institution in America, right, or one of them. I mean, it's really, it's like an insult to hardworking used car salesmen. I'm being serious because I've heard people go, oh, they're like used car salesmen. At least, at least they work for a living. And most of the time, tell the truth. A couple bad apples ruined it. The media, there's very few good apples left. But just quickly on this comment, I think Trump is doing this on purpose, guys, ladies. I'm telling you, there's no other way. I think he subscribes to what I'm going to call tonight the Vinnie Boombots theory of foreign policy. Now, I grew up in New York. For all of you listening from Queens and Brooklyn, I was a Queens guy just like Trump. I explained that on a prior show, how Trump's a Queens guy. That explains a lot of why he acts like he does. Most of you from Queens and Brooklyn knew of Vinnie Boombots, right? Everybody had a friend of Vinnie Boombots or a Tommy Boombots, as long as it ended with an E, or you could just uh, you, you could put an E on any name. And, and it was it was a Boombots. It was like an official last name. The Vinnie Boombots theory of foreign policy is this. I knew a guy growing up. I'm not going to use his last name, obviously, but we called him Vinnie Boombots. And he was this really small kid. He wasn't particularly strong, but he would fight anyone, anytime, for any reason. Because frankly, I think there were a few screws that weren't really tightened in up in the gray matter cerebral cortex, right? He just didn't care. Matter of fact, one time I came out of a bar I was in. 
that I probably shouldn't have been in. And he had a stop sign that had fallen down. A stop sign. Those aren't, those aren't light. It's not like a baseball bat, okay? I, I'm like a stop sign traffic sign. And he was like swinging the stop sign around in a circle in a fight with like 10 guys. He had no business fighting even one of them, no less, with a stop sign. The point about Vinnie Boombots is he was a little, he was a little, little bit out there. You know, the, the frying pan wasn't frying, if you know what I mean. I think Trump does this on purpose to get these people overseas to believe that he really has some kind of a screw loose. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying he wants them to believe that. And listen, folks, I've been very fair on Trump. I, I, I've said it repeatedly. I endorse Cruz. I still love Ted Cruz. I support the president when he's right. I'm just trying to give you some. I have some street cred on this. I, I don't worship him as a golden calf or anything like that. I respect him. I respect the office. But I really believe he's doing this on purpose. Think about, put yourself in the short fat guy's shoes right now, right? Kim Jong-un, the short fat dude. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. For all that guy's bluster, right, over in North Korea, folks, I, I, am, I, I do not, I'm not suggesting we should go to war with North Korea. Please don't email me. I'm just saying if we did, it would be horrible. It would be terrible. I don't mean to demean the impact of war. I lost an uncle in war. I'm just saying. If we did, it would be over, and it would be devastating for the North Koreans. The short, fat guy knows this. The short, fat guy has to be thinking right now, oh, my gosh, the calm before the storm. What is he talking about? Are they preparing an operation? Is like a team of ninjas coming for me? This is, I, I swear this is the Vinnie Boombat's theory of foreign policy. He, who, who knows what he was talking about? Was he talking about Venezuela? <laughs> who, who knows? Was he talking about Niger? What was he talking about? Nobody, nobody knows because it's just how Trump is. I bet he had in his head that he saw this. He saw an opportunity to throw a comment out there like that. He knows nobody cares what the media says anyway. They're going to lose their minds no matter what he says. He could have said, listen, I just want the five guys for a burger. It doesn't make a difference. They're going to lose their mind anyway. He threw it out there knowing the media would pick up on it. And the Vinnie Bubat's theory of foreign policy worked. He spreads it around the world. Now all of these foreign leaders, despite their bluster, that are enemies of the United States, are probably chewing their fingernails like Ren and Stimpy style. And they're like... Is he talking about me? Stampy, is he talking about me? They have, they're all, they, you have to be frightened. I don't know. I think it was a genius political move. And remember, that whenever you're in doubt, always revert back to the Vinnie Boombots theory of foreign policy. It worked for Vinnie. No one ever wanted to fight Vinnie Boombots. Because I'm telling you, even though he was like five foot nothing, 100 pounds of nothing with 75 pounds of sand on a bag on his back, you really did not want to get into a fight with this dude because it would just never end. It would never end. You'd have to go like Brazilian jiu-jitsu triangle choke style to let, because he was just, he, I'm telling you, there was screws loose. All right. Moving on to the topic du jour, what I really wanted to get to today, because on a serious note, this is a, a, a very personal, obviously, issue to me. It means a lot to me. It's an emotional issue. I discussed it on cable news the other day and, you know, nearly lost my marbles talking about it because I get so upset. I want to talk about the gun issue tonight. I know Mark, I listen, I'm, I'm a fan of Mark as well, also I work with him, but I listen to his show, and I know he talked about it last night, and he, he got into Chris Pandolfo's piece from Conservative Review, which is excellent, debunking a lot of nonsense, and I certainly don't want to repeat his show from last night. What I'm going to do is, because it was awesome, by the way, and make sure you listen on the podcast, that show and this show will keep you well prepared to argue with your liberal friends when it, come to, when it comes to guns. I want to take it up 30,000 feet. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get into some numbers and stuff and things like that, but 
I want to take it up 30,000 feet, and I want to argue the bigger questions here. And the first question I want to throw out to you all listening is, why are you always going after me? I'm not, a, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not being a martyr here, but why, when these events happen, we have some savage animal murderer, in some cases terrorists, in some cases murderers, when it's school shootings and other non-terrorist or ideological incidents, why is it always me and the, the millions, and I do mean millions, of legal, patriotic, law-abiding gun owners who you have to come after every single time and you have to do it with the most demeaning, condescending, smug, garbage crap language? Why do we have to listen to this? It's a constant barrage of how we're deplorable. We're a bunch of dopes out there. We want to. We're, we're a bunch of as Brett Stevens, who who's uh, totally beclowned himself with this piece. And by the way, he goes after Mark all the time, despite having half the intellectual material of Mark. I used to give him the benefit of the doubt because I liked his some of his columns in the journal, and then he lost his mind. He he thinks he's going to use like Mark Levin as his as his dartboard, and like nothing's going to happen in return. Stevens writes his piece like, you, you gun nuts out there, you think Red Dawn is coming. Red Dawn? Red Dawn. You remember the movie Red Dawn? Wolverines, remember? The Russians invade the United States. The high school football team manages to repel like the entire Russian army. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, they did a remake, which was awful. The original is a classic. How is that not an insult to us? Red Dawn? Hey, Brett, and to all you liberals out there, Brett included, why do you talk to us like this? I'm a dad. That matters to me. I know that's shocking to you because I'm a conservative, and liberals think conservatives are bad people attached to ideas, and we think liberals are bad ideas attached to people. I get that. But you're trying to convince us, right, that your position is correct? That is the purpose of politics, right? The projection of ideas into political power. I'm not crazy, right? So you're trying to convince me that your position on, quote, gun control, which is nonsense, the term is nonsense, it's really people control, but you're trying to convince me your position is right. When you're opening salvo, is how we're a bunch of maniacs preparing for Red Dawn? We tune you right out. We hear nothing you've said after that. Nothing. Zero. Your agenda is never your agenda. You are, this, folks, I was glad Mark hit this last night. This bump stock thing is a red herring. For those of you who have any experience with bump stocks, they are junk. They are garbage. I spent 12 years in the Secret Service. I spent time with the NYPD before that. Ask any operator, federal agent, police officer, or any gun enthusiast or hunter who's actually tried these things. They're a total nightmare. They jam up your guns. They're, you're basically spraying and praying. You are not getting anywhere. You're not going to hit anything you want to hit. They lock up your gun all the time. This was invented to help people shoot who had physiological you know, arthritis and things like that that couldn't shoot easily otherwise. This is a red herring. They've already admitted it's a red herring to open the door to get other, you know, to get other gun legislation passed because this is a people control agenda and not a gun control agenda. You're not going to control guns. Their goal is to control people. Now, I got to take a break. 
But on the other side of this break, I want to get to the 30,000-foot level of why. I, you know, I get it. I know a lot of you are going to say, well, of course, it was a response to... You know King George and the the, the you know the uh, the revolutionary generation's experience in England. I, I get that. I understand. I'm not disputing any of that. But I really do believe there's a more sinister reason on the left that they are so passionate about quote gun control, which is really people control, despite the fact that they have almost no facts and data to back up any of the arguments they ever make. All right, I'm Dan Bongino, at Bongino on Twitter. Infomark will be back with you on Monday. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter. Phil in it for Mark. will be back with you on Monday. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm telling you, you got to see this office. i got to constantly like touch stuff to keep the screens up from going on screensaver. Computers, iPads, phones, it's crazy. All right, so before the break, I said I was going to get to the 30,000-foot reason that I think the modern radical leftist is so obsessed with gun control, folks, despite the fact that the data is just not on their side. Since 1991, there were, what, 170 million more guns in the United States? There was a piece in the Daily Signal a couple days ago. I know John Lott's done a lot of work on this as well. 170 million more guns, and violent crime has dropped by uh, 40 50%. <laughs> I mean, this is a party of science trying to convince us that more guns equals more crime and more violent crime, despite the fact that the, the pattern goes in the other direction. But don't let that get in the way of your argument. Now, here's why. Liberals are obsessed with power and control. This is obviously not a mystery. It's not breaking news on the Mark Levin Show. But they want to control your money. They want to control your health care. They want to control your kids' education. And what they can't control, they'll engage in what uh, I read in a book once by, uh, by uh, was it Kevin Williamson? He calls it the new socialism. What they can't directly control, they will de facto control through taxes and regulation. In other words, they may not own your business like in strict communism and socialism, but they'll tax it and regulate it so they own it. But they, by default, they own it. They're taking your money, and they're telling you how to run your business. So even though they're not on the deed, they own it anyway. Their obsession with control has to extend to all portions of your life. Think about what the one thing a, a self-owned firearm does that impacts that control agenda. And I don't mean it in a conspiratorial, you know, I'm not trying to get to X-Files type stuff. I'm saying it impacts directly on the leftist ideology. If you can't possess a weapon and they make it through regulations and laws, they make it so difficult to get weapons to protect yourself, then where's your safety and security going to come from? The state. There's no, there's no where else are you going to get it? The, you know, and it's ironic, folks, think about it, that the very same party that take a knee, Black Lives Matter crowd that's you know constantly insulting our police. Remember how that whole rally started with the Colin Kaepernick with the socks with depicting cops as pigs. That's how that whole take a knee nonsense started, right? This is the same crew trying to tell you that the police are in inner cities hunting down minorities. This is their take, these psychos on the left. But it's the same crew. That then, on the other hand, I got a bunch of other liberal hypocrisies coming later in the show, too. This is the same hypocritical crew 
that wants you to believe that the police they're telling you are hunting people should be the only ones to carry guns that you shouldn't have them. Yeah, that makes a world of sense. That makes total sense, Libs. So on one hand, we should all be terrified of the police, which I, I was a cop. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're there to, you know, to protect and serve communities. You think they go to work on it's hunting time, fellas? Dopes. But those are the same people you're telling us are so evil, yet you're telling us, on the other hand, that you don't want us to have guns and you want the police to have them only. The reason they do this and the reason they humiliate themselves with silly logic, and I've got more of these, catching liberals at their own game, is because the power of the state to them, you can't possibly fully entrench the power of the state in an individual's life life, and diminish individual liberty by having them rely on themselves for safety and security. You can't. A weapon, a firearm, in, a, in, in the hands of a patriotic, trained, responsible gun owner is a symbol of security freedom. You know, you're not going to defend yourself against Red Dawn like that dopey Brett Stevens comments. That's not what we're talking about. Conservatives aren't against the military. Don't be a dope. That's for the military. I'm talking about the events of a, a large-scale civil disturbance. Oh, no, that stuff never happens. Really? Like what, in Puerto Rico or Katrina? They need you to rely on the state. Only the state. All the time. Everything. Your money, your security, your freedom, your business. Everything goes through the state with these people. Folks, I'm telling you that's the reason. All right, don't miss uh, the other side of the break. I'm going to expose some more liberal hypocrisy on guns. I'm Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter. Be right back. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter, contributing editor of a conservative review, filling in for Mark. Hey, by the way, while we're on the topic of the why, the 30,000-foot view as to why liberals act so ridiculous all the time, uh, I mean, they, they, they contradict their own stuff. A lot of this, by the way, is covered in Mark's book, Rediscovering Americanism. If you haven't picked it up yet, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. Folks, it's a terrific book. I know, I get it. I, I work with Mark. Of course you're going to say it. No, I'm telling you. It is a book you should digest very slowly, even though you can read it fast. It's that good in getting into the mind of why the modern liberal acts the way he does. Mark grows through the chronology of liberal idiots through time and how it led to these stupid theories that liberals engage in and try to manipulate us and propagandize us with today. Go pick it up, Rediscovering Americanism. All right. Exposing more liberal nonsense on this gun issue. And again, just getting back to my point, I believe the modern radical leftists, not all Democrats, frankly, not even all liberals, because I don't think you know, a lot of them are frankly smart enough to figure this out. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But the radical left, there's no doubt in my mind that they consistently pursue gun control. Because their goal is ultimately to disarm people and to take away guns from law-abiding citizens. Don't believe anything. All the other stuff they tell you is nonsense. Now, I don't believe all Democrats feel that way. I want to be clear on that. The radical left, believe me, wants a gun-free population. They only want the criminals to have guns. And they want it because the only way to permanently connect you and latch you to the state is to make you rely on the state for everything. If you can rely on yourself and your community for general security, I'm not talking about your personal vigilante police force or a militia unit. I'm not talking about that, although that is in the Second Amendment. 
But that's not what I'm discussing. I'm not discussing the original written purpose, which I agree with you totally. I agree 100%. What is it, Federalist? What is it, 29 or something, where they lay out the purpose of the militia? I think it's 29. But I'm talking about the ideological reason the modern leftists want your guns. It's because they need to connect you to the state for the things that matter. It's the same reason they pursue single-payer health care, despite the fact that the level of suck in single-payer health care is off the suck chart scale. It is like if, if it's a 100% level of suck, it's like 110 everywhere it's tried. They ration the resources because it's the only way to do it, and yet they pursue single-payer health care because if you can get away with getting your own health care and you don't need the state to intervene, then you don't need the state to intervene. The whole purpose of liberalism is to marry you in a non-divorceable marriage to the state. And when your security needs can't be accomplished through your own, you need to rely on the state, even though the police are not there as your personal security team. You doubt me? I mean, if you have a cop friend, say, well, you know, why don't you stand outside of people's houses when they feel unsafe? Because they're not there to provide you personal security. They're there to enforce the laws in the community. Liberals need you to stay attached to that. Folks, don't, uh, please, don't, uh, I'm not making any of this up. I've heard some of these radical leftists talk. Gun registries, why would you want a gun registry? We need to know as the guns. Why do you need to know as the guns? Why are my rights and why are you always calling into question my vote motives? I have a lot of guns. Why do you need to know? Why do you think I care what you think I need? Well, I mean, what is conservatives, folks? Can I be candid here for a moment? Can we take the gloves off? Rich is sweating right now. No, seriously, can we take the gloves off? Like, why do you give a crap what liberal think, what liberals think you need? Why are we arguing this from a position of weakness? We're all supposed to be on the defensive. Oh, bump stocks. Be careful how you talk right now. Because, folks, it is an unbelievably sensitive time. I get it. But why are you responsible for the acts of a savage psychopath killer? The first thing that came to my mind after this is, gosh, I need to protect myself. You cannot rely on the state to, to defend you in a, in, a, in a free country. But the liberals, we're also all of a sudden we're supposed to apologize to liberals. Now we're supposed to all report our guns or whatever it is, and now all of a sudden we're supposed to apologize for a bump stock. Frankly, as I said in the opening, a crappy device that does more to jam up guns than it does to increase lethality. Chapman and Otis, most of the press reports are that the... Uh, the Las Vegas maniac had about five or six whatever jammed weapons in there. Folks, it's not a coincidence. These things are crap. They don't even work that well. This is a camel's nose under the tent. They're not being genuine on this. And we have Republicans jump on. It's amazing the Republicans, they all jump on board. We haven't gotten a damn thing done outside of the White House uh, appointing Supreme Court justices and doing their best on regulation. Trump needs the Congress, uh, the legislators in the Congress and the House and the Senate to do something. They've done nothing. They've done nothing. You've got John McCain, craps all over the Obamacare thing. You've got Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins turning into Democrats right before our very eyes. Well, they were Democrats the whole time. But the, the transformations continue. It's like cocoon, you know. You got a bunch of rhinos in there. They can't repeal Obamacare. Every one of them ran on repealing Obamacare. They can't get anything done. They're having a tough time with the tax thing now. That should have been done already, in my opinion. They still haven't cut any significant amount of spending. 
You got Bob Corker. I can't vote for this uh, this tax cuts. I don't know if it's going to add one penny to the debt. Oh yeah, you were such a deficit hawk before that. But all of a sudden, bump stocks. Now the folks, we got to get on this bump stocks. It's like all oh, your bump stocks, bump stocks. We haven't heard. No one knew about bump stocks. Just like nobody knew about uh, this. Is, everything's popped. Nobody knew about Civil War statues. How this was supposedly the episode. You know, the, the what we were all supposed to uh, the episode du jour in this long running uh, liberal sitcom. Now it's bump stock. Now the Republicans are spurred to action. Why do you need a bump stock? Why do I care what you think I need? I don't want to pay. I wouldn't buy one, number one, because they're just not very good. But why do you care? Why should I give a damn what you think I need? I am a father. I have kids. I have a wife. I have property I own and I work for that, damn it, I'm going to defend. And I don't need your opinion on it. Why do I care? Why should I give a crap about what you think? Oh, well, what you think is putting my safety in peril. Mine, too. What do you think? I want to be involved in a mass shooting with one of these idiots? Are you that stupid? Are you an idiot? You think this doesn't scare the hell out of me that we have evil men in the society and evil women that do really, really bad things to people every single day? But where's your freaking outrage about Chicago? Where young black kids are being mowed down in the streets. Where's that outrage? You don't care about any of that. This is your camel's nose under the tent because you want to come after us. Patriotic, law-abiding, God-fearing Americans who have a firearm as a tool. We're not John J. Rambo, Brett Stevens. We're not preparing for Red Dawn, you idiot. You know what we're preparing for? God forbid some maniac breaks into your house looking for a Percocet one night and decides he's going to smack the crap out of your kids. What are you going to do? Scream harsh language at him, you dope? You think these criminals care about, hey, I'm a gun control advocate. We should repeal the Second Amendment. Maybe you should go rob the neighbor's house. He has a gun, by the way. Those guys are the really bad guys. Are you this stupid? Insulting us constantly. We're a bunch of lunatics. Oh, look at you guys owning guns. Gosh, how stupid you are. As if we're not rational maximizers ourselves. And then the logic you use to make us feel even dumber. Like we're, we're, like we're all a bunch of intellectual cretins. The logic is insane. We need new gun laws. Well, are the gun laws working now? No, but we need new ones. Okay, that's interesting because there was an abortion regulation that was passed in the House this week. Prohibiting most abortions or restricting abortions after 20 weeks. Not even making it le illegal, just restricting it after 20 weeks. And you know what the Democrats said? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I saw a California uh, female House of Representatives member, Democrat, obviously she goes, oh, these new laws aren't going to work. It's going to force women into back alley abortions. Well, what? Just 20 minutes ago, you told us we needed new gun laws to change behavior. Now you're telling us on abortion that abortion laws are going to do nothing to change behavior. What is it? Do laws work or do laws not work? Well, well, which one? You're going to change Americans' behavior by law. Just not on abortion. You guys are phonies. And in this case, the lady who said it. And then they argue, well, not every, not every big R God-given right doesn't have restrictions. Yeah, but we don't restrict it beforehand. Even the First Amendment has restrictions. Really? Those are preemptive? 
Folks, think about the scam they're pulling on this one. The Second Amendment, it says, shall not be infringed. You having a tough time reading that? Now, I have zero problem whatsoever with extremely harsh, extremely harsh penalties for people who use a firearm in the commission of a crime. Of course not. Nobody does. Nothing I said is groundbreaking there. But those are ex post facto. Those aren't preemptive. They go, well, you can't scream fire in a movie theater. That's not, your logic is silly because you're a liberal and you don't get it. No one asks you before you go into the movie theater, are you going to scream fire or you can't come in? You're talking about stopping people from exercising a right beforehand. Oh, no, we need this and we need a list. and we need, well, What if I don't want to be on a list? When you go into a movie theater, right, and if a person's going to scream fire, do they ask you to go on a list first so they can monitor the fire screamers in the movie theater? There are no preemptive attacks on the – there are penalties afterwards, which, by the way, law-abiding, patriotic gun owners like me and almost everyone I know, by the way, absolutely support. I just told you I support extremely harsh measures for people who use a firearm in the commission of a crime. Don't tell us we don't support laws that would stop gun violence. Those are actually things that work. You use a gun, you commit a crime, you burglarize a home, you go away for a really, really long time. But your dopey logic, like, oh, well, free speech isn't unlimited. Yes, you penalize people after they scream fire in a movie theater. You don't ask them before they go in, are you going to scream fire in a movie theater and try to keep them out? That's not the way it works. Because we live in a free country. There's a price to freedom. Are you not aware of that? Matter of fact, that's a dopey question. Let me call myself out. Because, yeah, liberals are aware of that. There is a price to freedom. But they don't like the freedom part, so the price is irrelevant. That's the freedom part that bothers them, not the price. They are obsessed with permanently attaching you to the apparatus of the state. Your security, your health care, your kids' education. Why do you think they fight things like school choice, despite the fact that school choice would actually help the kids they represent in many cases? Because they don't care. School choice detaches you from the state bureaucrats. You can't have that detachment. Owning a firearm detaches you from the state for your security needs. They can't have that either. Nothing they say is consistent. Gun law, we need new gun laws, but we don't need new abortion laws. Free speech. Yeah, free speech. Free speech, there's penalties for doing something dumb after the fact. You guys want gun register? Gun register? Like, I'm going to give you my name after this IRS debacle? I'm going to register my guns with you? Are you insane? Because we're supposed to trust the benevolent forces in government, the ones, by the way, the same ones that, that unmasked uh, Trump, uh, Trump folks during the campaign and said, oh, don't worry, but it was legal. Oh, OCA was legal, so let's forget the moral and ethical vacuum the Obama administration lived in. Let's completely throw that out the window, because don't worry, it was legal. And now we're supposed to give our names, our guns, we're supposed to register ammunition. Why? Why do I owe that to you? I've done nothing wrong. I was put here by God, capital G God. You didn't put me here. I owe you nothing. Nothing. You are a government of negative rights. Listen to me. Negative rights. That Bill of Rights says what you can't do to me, not what you can. Why are we not fighting back harder here? Why are these swamp rat establishmentarians, why are they not standing up and saying enough on this? This guy's an animal. 
He's now dead, thankfully, in Las Vegas. But we are not responsible for this. We live in a dangerous world. And in that dangerous world, we have absolutely a God-given big all right to defend ourselves among, from the wolves among us. We're not going to be sheep anymore. But instead, these swamp rat establishmentarians who don't have the guts to do a damn thing, their immediate default position when they couldn't do squat on Obamacare or anything else is, hey, you got to have to bump stocks. Let's look at a registry. Let's, get, let's not look. How about this? Let's not look at a registry. And let's focus on something that would actually matter. Maybe talking to parents about the, the 6,000 video games they're playing where their kids are annihilating zombies for seven hours a day. Listen, I'm a free speech absolutist. Play whatever darn video game you want. But maybe we should talk to the parents about that. Maybe we should talk to Hollywood about movies where there's a 7,000-person body count while the actor simultaneously lectures us about gun control. Shut up! Tired of your crap. Making millions of dollars, spraying people to blowing their heads off in movies. But now we need gun control while I have a bodyguard. Shh, get lost. Phonies. All right, I got to take a break, folks. I'm Dan Bongino. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm at Bongino on Twitter. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at Bongino on Twitter. Fill in it for Mark. We'll be back with you on Monday. Make sure you give Mark a follow as well, at Mark Levin Show. Thanks for all the comments. I appreciate it. Uh, again, if you'd like to give us a call, 877-381-3811. Folks, I just want to reiterate that point. I can't say this enough. We have got to start going on the defensive against these media libs. Media and But the same thing. Liberals in the media, elected politics, they're all the same thing. Elected Democrats, they're all one big amorphous blob of liberalism. We have got to start going on the offensive, excuse me, and start fighting back. We are always playing defense as if we're supposed to apologize every time some maniac does something. Some, some, I mean, meanwhile, keep in mind, these are the same people with that do nothing to stop the extermination of millions of lives through abortion every year, and they're supposed to be the compassionate ones? All of a sudden, like, we're responsible. I got, I've, got, I've got kids. Again, I've got kids. I have kids. I want to defend them. I have a right to do that. It is a tough world. Thank God we live in a relatively safe country. Thank God the chances of me being involved in, in some kind of a, God forbid, mass shooting are extremely low. We should not be live our lives in fear. We never do in the United States. Thankfully, we've been through a lot. We've been through Zika. We've been through Ebola. Terrorist attacks were a tough people. But the chances of one of these things happening to us is not zero. You know, on the other side of this break, I promise I will get to some of your calls, too. I, I don't mean to keep you on hold too long. You're really nice for calling at 877-381-3811. But the chances of this happening aren't zero. I want to get into on the other side of the break how liberals constantly misconstrue the argument that way and expect us to have absolute faith in the government as if the chances of something happening to you where you need to defend yourself are irrelevant it's not fair folks i'm dan bongino at the bongino on twitter we'll be right back he's here he's here 
Missing them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, out from the bullpen. Crafty knuckleballer in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Monday. I'm at DBongino on Twitter. If you want to comment or criticize whatever, either one, I'll take it. 877-381-3811 if you'd like to call in and join the show with your uh, lovely voice. All right, listen, getting back right into it. Let's stop messing around. Why are we listening to these people anymore? The liberals. It's a nonstop complaint. It's a nonstop complaint. It's a nonstop in light of what happened in Las Vegas. It is a nonstop complaint about America. Oh, you gun owners, you're a bunch, you, you, you stupid cretins. Oh, you rich people, you're not paying your fair share. Oh, oh, you, at health care, you're throwing grandma off the cliff. Oh, you want school choice? You're robbing money from public schools. You know what, liberals? Seriously, rent a charter and you, you want gun control? You want, it's everywhere in Europe. And by the way, none of this ever happens over there. It didn't happen in Bataclan or Charlie Hebdo, Brussels. None of that ever happened. But take, do, rent the charter and go, just go. What's the point? If this place sucks as bad as you guys say it does, we're all a bunch of crazy, you know, we have a, what, yeah, we're like Bo and Luke Duke with a bunch of guns. We're all looking for a gunfighter. As Brett Stevens says, we're all, uh, we're all out there waiting for Red Dawn, right? We're all a bunch of maniacs. You, if you don't want to, why are you here? Everybody's every. You're never wrong, liberals. It's always us. Maniac shoots up people in Las Vegas. A killer, a savage. It's not even an animal. Animals don't do that. And all of a sudden, it's us. It's a conservative. Oh, the NRA did it. Gun owners did it. Oh yeah, we did it. You dopes. It's always a complaint. You guys are the angriest people on the planet. And believe me, coming from me, that's saying something, okay? I can get pretty PO'd at times. You are the angriest, most obnoxious people on the planet. Why do you think we care what you have to say anymore? And with your liberal buddies, your media pals, you all run in the same circles, at the same cocktail parties, with the same finger sandwiches. You probably don't even know what pigs in a blanket are. You probably think it has something to do with cops. That's an actual uh, hors d'oeuvre. But you don't eat that. You guys eat the foie gras and the little steak sandwiches. That's not what we eat in the real world, in real America. Where actual people live who are normal functioning adults and parents who own firearms and want to be left the hell alone. We're not listening to you anymore. You want to know why you're getting just crushed on the gun issue every time? Here's a pro tip. Opening your conversation by insulting us every single time. Oh, you guys, you are responsible, you NRA people. You're responsible for this. Where Are you, are you insane? Let me give you a little news flash, Libs. We don't answer to you. Let's get a gun registry. I want to know what kind of guns you're buying. I don't care what you want to know. What part of that don't you understand? And when are some Republicans up on the Hill going to get some guts, man, and say it? We don't care what you think. Your stupid laws have done nothing. 
Matter of fact, the places you're in charge are bloodbaths right now. Where's the outrage? What are you doing about the kids in, uh, kids in Chicago? What, they don't deserve your outrage too? They're dead. Their families don't deserve some outrage on your part. It's only us, those evil conservative NRA folks. We're the ones that did this. You sick people. We don't answer to you. When are you going to get that? You have your intellectual capacities are 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 sparse. You're snotty. You're condescending. You're rude. You've never spent ten minutes asking the why to us. But you know, let me let's have a conversation. You know what? They always say this, like Jimmy Kimmel, another one. Now all of a sudden, Jimmy Kimmel's not only an expert on health care, but he's also an expert in firearms. I, I love I love this guy. He gets on the air. We're all supposed to listen to the voice of Jimmy Kimmel. I have no problem with this guy. I was very, def- you know, I deferred to this guy. I know he has a kid who's struggling right now. I get it. I, I, you want to talk about health care? Fine. It's your platform. Knock yourself out. This is my platform, at least tonight. I'll knock myself out, too. But all of a sudden, we're supposed to listen to Jimmy Kimmel on this? Has Jimmy Kimmel ever walked into a house in the middle of Iowa somewhere, on a, a guy who's operating a farm, busting his butt, gets up at 4.30 every day? Sitting there working his working his land or monitoring his land, he's it's a fa- a family farm he may have inherited. He owns a few weapons. He may have an AR-15. Have you? Oh my gosh, an AR-15! And no, it doesn't stand for assault rifle. Liberals, do your homework. Have you ever sat down at the table with that guy and said, "Hey, uh, why do you have an AR-15?" You ever listen? You, Jimmy said, Kimmel said, oh, you know, we, we want to have a conversation. You don't want to have a conversation. You want to be a smug, despicable liberal and talk to us like we're the dopes in this. Now, sorry, folks, I'm really, this is a very emotional topic for me. I spent a lot of time on the streets. I've, I've worked in the 7-5 precinct in East New York as a cop. I don't tell you, that. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you this, this is why this matters. I spent a lot of time in the Secret Service doing risk assessments and threat analysis. This stuff matters to me. It's personal to me. And I'm telling you these to these libs, these laws don't mean crap. I used to sit there in the cells as a young police officer, and I would talk to guys and women that were arrested at times, right? You think they care, but they laugh at your gun laws. They love criminals, love gun laws because they get the, like the wolves they are. They get to prey on helpless sheep. They love gun laws. Criminals think gun laws are, are terrific. Oh, it stops criminals from getting guns. Are you, can you be that dumb? Yes, just like the drug laws stop them from getting drugs. Now, if people like Jimmy Kimmel and the smug, condescending, snot-nosed, bow-tie-wearing liberals would sit down for five minutes and stop calling us deplorables and actually ask us why we feel the need to possess a firearm as a tool of self-defense. It's a tool. That's all it is. I have guns. You think I walk into my closet every five minutes? Oh, oh, oh my God. Look at these guns. I'm sweating in anticipation. Can I go? I, think, I have a lot of guns. You know what they do? Nothing. They don't shoot themselves. I have a couple Glocks. I have an AR-15. Oh, my gosh, you have an AR-15. You must be a maniac. Oh, I have a shotgun. I actually have two. One was given to me. And I have my old NYPD gun. I've got news for you. They've never shot themselves. They don't do anything. 
In the case of the Glock, it's a polymer and a steel weapon. It doesn't do anything. You don't go in there. It doesn't, it doesn't speak to you. It doesn't possess demonic powers. It's not possessed by Beelzebub. It is a piece of machinery. It is a tool. That is it. It is a self-defense tool in a dangerous world. Why do I care what you think about it? And now I, you, I'm telling you the registry thing is next. This, this, this bump stock thing is the camel's nose under the tent. They have wanted a registry forever. I don't care what you think. We don't work for you, libs. Now, ask the why. The why. Now, if you're a sincere liberal, and I'm sure there are some, not many, but I'm sure there are some. And if you're a Democrat interested in having an actual conversation, well, let's have one. Calm down a little bit. Why do you think we want to own these firearms? Now, I explained a little bit earlier today, and I'll explain again on this show because it's important. Folks, the chances of being involved in a mass shooting, being on the victim side, obviously, are very low. There's no question about that. I don't live my life in fear and panic. I don't think you do either, despite the fact that these things do, sadly and tragically, occasionally happen. These are unquestionably low probability events. But if you sat down for five minutes and talked to us as to why we feel the need to defend ourselves against a low probability event, I would tell you that we do it for the same reason that we don't walk under trees in a thunderstorm. The chances of you being struck by lightning are very slim. But they're not zero. And the risk from this low probability event is death. It's terminal. It's over. This is not an unreasonable position for you to say to yourself, I have a family. I have, that's why I keep bringing up, I have kids. I'm a father. I want to protect them against an extremely low probability event. Granted. But the consequences of being involved in that low probability event are horrendous. Now, flip the script a little bit. This is how liberals think we are. I know because I've had to debate them and, and half of them are nuts. And they do. They think we work for them. Liberals think, the analogy I've been using, which I think makes sense. Let's look at another low probability, but this time low risk event. Low probability, low risk. But still painful and something you want to avoid. Let's say it's like a bee sting. Bee stings really stink. I've, you've been stung by a bee. I have. I put my foot in a shoe one time on a golf course. and uh, I'm a t terrible golfer, by the way. And I got a bee sting, and it really was bad. You know, I don't have an allergy to it. It was fine. A few minutes later, I was okay. Out there trying to hit a golf ball again. I emphasize the trying portion of that. That is a low probability event. I'm 42. It happened to me one time. The chances of it happening are obviously, by simple math, very little. It's also low risk. If you're not allergic to these things, nothing's going to happen. It hurts for a few minutes and it's done. If liberals think where this is where the, this is what they think. Gun owners are. They think they're dealing with low-risk, low-probability events. In other words, they think we're a guy who walks out of his house with a Kevlar suit on and a Kevlar mask to protect himself against bee stings. If that was your neighbor, you'd think he was legitimately crazy. You'd be like, wait, let me get this straight. You were stung by a bee once when you were 18, so you have a Kevlar suit like the, guy, like the kingpin from Daredevil to protect yourself against bee stings? 
Folks, she would legitimately say, like, that's crazy. That's not commensurate with the threat. But that is a low-risk event. That's what liberals think we're defending ourselves against. This is not a low-risk event. Even worse, it's not even a low-probability event in the sense when you combine the collective probabilities of the crazy North Koreans and the fat kid threatening nuclear annihilation, uh, catastrophes like Katrina, like Irma, like Maria, and the potential for at least temporary civil breakdown. You have an opioid crisis in the country, people breaking into people's homes, stealing medicine. You have, albeit they're rare, but you have these mass shooting events. You have regular street crime. These are not low-probability events when the, those, the people you liberals all think are crazy are saying in their heads, which is pretty darn reasonable for me to want to protect myself or at least have some kind of hedge against the threat of these things. We're not the bee sting guys. These are high-risk outcomes. You want to forfeit away your rights? Go right ahead. But we don't work for you. I'm not forfeiting away my big R rights. And I'm tired of your opinion about what's in my head when you haven't taken five seconds to sit down and ask me why. The why matters in this case, even if it doesn't matter to you. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter. Filling in for Mark. He'll be back with you on Monday. All right, I promised you I would uh, get to the phones, 877-381-3811. If you'd like to call and be heard on the show, let's go to Ken in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ken, what do you got for us? Bring it, buddy. Aiden and Dan, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I'm not trying to start an armed insurrection or anything. I just want to deal with the facts. Yeah, that's tough for liberals, so be careful. You're gonna a lot of liberals are tuning out right now. You said facts. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Facts are guns are power. Money's power. Knowledge is power. Now just those three things I want to talk about. All three of those things are under assault in this country. From liberals. They're attacking yeah. our schools. They're attacking our history. They're attacking our science. They're doing everything that's under assault in order to manipulate us and control us. Well, Ken, you know that you're right. And and what's really odd about liberals is they're motivated by this thing. And, folks, you need to Google this. You need to check this out. They're, they're motivated and their bedrock ideology is, is their house is built on this critical theory junk. And this critical theory nonsense, you said knowledge is under attack. You're right. That's not hyperbolic. You are absolutely correct. Critical theory, what liberals believe in, or even if they don't, even if they don't know they believe in it, their, their college professors do, is the theory that there is no real objective knowledge. And if you're part of the white patriarchal power structure, that everything out there from, from your scientific facts to whatever is just used to reinforce the existing system. If, if you're on the, if, if you're listening right now, scratching your head going, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Folks, liberals believe this stuff. So again, it's, these aren't conspiracy theories when they're actually being taught and actually happening. So, Ken, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. But, yeah, folks, th th this is not a joke. Ken's right. They just 
One more thing. You know, in the, before we took the break, quickly, I had said that liberals don't understand. That, that they think that we're a bunch of people worried about bee stings. What they don't understand is these are high-risk events we are protecting ourselves against. Yes, they're low probability. We get it. But they're not zero probability. Folks, liberals understand this. This is what frightens me and bothers me about liberals. How do I know that they understand that insuring yourself against a low probability, what Nassim Taleb in his book you know, calls the black swan events, right? How do we know that they know that? Because rich liberals employ bodyguards with firearms. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them do. Rich liberal celebrities do it all the time. This isn't a secret. Well, why, why would you do that? No, I mean, a very serious question. If, if, if you think we're all crazy, legal, patriotic American gun owners possessing firearms as a, an insurance policy against some disastrous, uh, you know, high risk but low probability event, then why do you hire people with guns? I mean, do you think we don't know this? I mean, seriously, as the Michael Moores of the world and these other people that lecture us, that Jimmy Kimmel, you know, these people who have probably armed guards at the studios out there. Do you think we don't know this? Why do you think you're convincing us? We're just turning the channel, tuning you out. We're not listening anymore. All right, folks, I got more on this. And when we come back from the break, I want to get into why their PR strategy is all all wrong on this. The Democrats are making an absolutely catastrophic error on so-called gun control. They have no chance of winning us over this way. We'll be right back. Don't ask him for middle ground. There is no middle ground. Talk with Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at Bongino on Twitter. Filling in for Mark. He will be back with you on Monday. Make sure you give him a follow as well at Mark Levin Show. Hey, by the way, have you signed up for CRTV yet? If you haven't, we got a big announcement coming up. I'm obviously not allowed to say. I wish I could, but I can't. We have another big announcement. We always have big announcements. You just added Gavin McGinnis. We have Steve Day, Steve Crowder, obviously Mark Levin, the, the flagship Levin TV. We have Michelle Malkin show. But we got a lot of great stuff coming. Go to CRTV.com, sign up today. You're paying all that money for cable, and you're getting a lot of crap. Let's be honest. I don't watch much on cable. You can get all of this for a really, really, really good price, folks. I'll give you a, a $10 off. I'll give you a promo code. Go to, I'll put Bongino, my last name, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, in there at CRTV.com. You get $10 off. It's like the cost of a New York turkey sandwich per month. It's a fraction of what you're paying for cable. Go give us a shot. Get in there before this big announcement coming on the 12th. So uh, you're going to be really happy with it. we got a lot of great content. All right. Moving on. Talking about this gun issue still. We started about the Vinnie Bumbat's theory of foreign policy with Donald Trump. We moved into guns. And I said in the first hour, the, the reason I'm absolutely convinced that the far left it pursues gun control despite no good data at all that anything they've done would have made any difference on violent crime at all, the DOJ's own study of the assault weapons ban the assault, I love assault weapons. If there's not, I love a category that has no like exclusionary. So is there a non-assault weapon? But the assault weapons ban had no effect on, on gun crime at all. The DOJ's own data. They continue to pursue this stuff, though, liberals, because I'm convinced they want to attach you to the state and a firearm gives you some at least small sense of individual personal security. You can't have that. You can't have that when they want the big S state to rule over every aspect of your life. You just can't. 
This is why they pursue it endlessly. It will never, ever stop. And by the way, why they have no problem whatsoever jumping right into the debate while blood is still on the streets. None. They have, this is the time for politics. But the time for politics? Can we, can we, can we get some funerals out of the way first? Can we grieve as a nation about what happened? And then I, I, I love the other one they throw out there, liberals all the time. We've got to do something, man. We've got to do something. Who? I did something. You know what I did? I bought another magazine after that. That's what I did. I, I did do something. I'm protecting myself and my family. What do you mean we got to do? What you mean is government. You want government to do something. Because when government did something in the past and acted a bunch of laws, they didn't work. So now we got to do something. I did it already. That's not what you're saying. We have to do something. You're saying you have to do something, and what you do is zero-sum. You're acting like what you want to, quote, do by doing something is cost-free to me, and it's not. We have to ban high-capacity magazines. Why? Because you can shoot a lot of stuff. Okay, people can shoot me with a lot of stuff. I want a lot of stuff to shoot back if I need to. Oh, oh, that's Oh, my gosh, you're so unreasonable. Red Dawn, Brett Stevens, Red Dawn, Wolverines. As if that's insane. High-capacity magazine. Why would you want that? Because it carries more rounds. Why else would you want it? But bad guys, they can shoot forever. Actually, they can't shoot forever. You know when the, you know when the gunfight stops when a bad guy's shooting at you? When he stops shooting, that's when it stops. And then you say, well, there's already you know, millions of these high-capacity magazines out there, so you're not going to stop any criminals from getting them, just law-abiding citizens. Oh, that doesn't matter. we got to do something. I just told you I did something. You want to do something that's going to take away one of my rights. That's what you want to do, because you're too darn lazy to think outside the box and do something for yourself. we got to do something. we got to do something. We need an ammunition registry. Oh, a gun registry is bad enough. Now you want to register ammunition purchases too? I go to shoot at the range. I got to tell Democrats about it as if I know these moral and ethical vacuums of human beings. I owe them an explanation for why I'm buying ammunition. What do you need an assault rifle for? Because I want it? So I don't owe you squat. What do you need to take my money for, you tax-grabbing, non-school-choice-supporting, Obamacare-supporting frauds? What do you need to tell, take my health care for? Why do you need to tell my kid where to school? But I, where to go to school? But I need to tell you why I need an AR-15? No thanks. I don't need to tell you a damn thing. We need to do something. Go do it. Go buy yourself a closet full of food, get some water, get yourself a generator, and live your life like a normal person, but prepare for a high, a high a risk, low probability event, and live your life happily. Go make money. Hopefully we never have a problem, and God willing, you will never ever be involved in a crime or any kind of event like this where someone's using a firearm on you. But you know what? I am not the one who's going to say, oh, that's never going to happen, so forget it. You want to be that way? Fine. 
You want to be a liberal? You want to pay higher taxes? You want to take my money? You want to take our health care? Fine. Forfeit away your own health care. Donate all your money to the government. Give away. Go around your neighborhood and ask people to volunteer. Hey, will you surrender your guns? I'm a liberal. Watch how they laugh in your face, by the way. But surely this is such a great cause. Why are we listening to these idiots? I don't understand. And they are idiots. We're not, we're not, are we even a week removed from this? The nation is like shocked by this again. By this horrible event. And the first response to liberals is first, conservatives did it, the NRA did it. We're all like, we did? And then their next one, we gotta do something. And that something is always some zero-sum event that involves some infringement on your right to protect yourself. Heard a lady on Fox the other day. Nice enough lady. Not personal. I actually debated with her on an earlier show. She came back for the night show without me. She was debating um, Tucker. She goes, well, we, we should expand the, uh, what is the waiting period. For what? The guy bought the guns in June. Yeah, but we should expand it anyway because we have to do something. Get, get, do it. Go do it. Go get yourself a firearm and learn how to protect yourself. Stop saying do something. You want government to do something. Admit what just and, and liberals. You know, I, <laughs> Rich's going to scratch his head on this one. Let me applaud Brett Stevens for a minute. At least liberal Brett Stevens, who is not a conservative, right? Stop pretending to be the conservative at the New York Times. At least Brett Stevens, in his crap article, was honest. Hey, let's just get rid of the Second Amendment. <laughs> and listen, at least his, his, his foolishness, he's honest about it. We don't need a constitutional amendment protecting her. No, no, we don't need a constitutional amendment. Let's just throw that right out the window. It's not like that would protect us against anything because the government is such a benevolent force full of angels, right? What is that, Federalist 51, right? We're a bunch of angels work in government. They're so brilliant. Yes, of course, if we throw away the Second Amendment, they will protect our rights to defend ourselves. Are you kidding me? Just be honest. Be honest. Just tell us what your real agenda is. Stop beating around the bush. We need, you know, we need a 20-day waiting period. Well, what, why? Why do I have to wait 20 days for anything? I want to buy a gun. I'm going to go buy a gun. I'm not interested in how many days you think I should wait. What moral or intellectual high ground do you possess as a liberal to dictate conditions on me when it comes to my personal protection and the protection of my family? Where are you coming from? I, you know... I open up all my content by saying this frequently. Folks, I am a sinner. I am an, a believer in Jesus Christ. That means a lot to me. But I am a sinner. I am, I, I'm just a guy. I am, I, I, I'm a passionate guy. I love this cause. But, you know, like everyone else, I'm a broken guy sometimes too. I don't have all the answers. I never did. I don't pretend to. But I know this. And I know this for an absolute fact, and there are very few absolutes I know. You're a sinner too. And even worse, you're a sinner with power. You're a sinner with power that corrupts, and if, if, if it goes that road, absolute power that will corrupt you absolutely, as Acton's told us many times. We are all sinners. That is what I love about being a conservative. 
It is a government, we support a limited constitutional republic of negative rights, what the government can't do to us because we fear the power of government in the hands of naturally flawed men and women. But we're supposed to sit back and, these, and listen to these liberals who put government up on a pedestal like the golden calf and genuflect and worship it as if the people there somehow have some ability to reason that you don't have. No, no, they should tell us what we should do for protection. We should, you know, I said to a guy one time at a, a radio station, I was, he's a nice guy, but he's a Democrat, very nice guy. But he was trying to convince me all about, you know, gun control, the whole nonsense agenda. I get tired of it. I said to him at one point, this is a very simple question. My house was, was broken into once while I was home. Luckily, we didn't get up. But I said to him, this is a real thing. This actually happened. I don't know if the guy had a gun. I don't know if it was a guy and a woman. I don't know. But let's assume a lot of criminals do. Assume he did. I have two kids. I get up and walk downstairs at night because I hear something. What the hell do you think you're going to protect yourself with? Foul language? What do you think you're going to... You think this guy cares about your position on gun control? This guy's in your house. He's, a, he's dumb enough and psychotic enough to have broken into your house, I'm guessing at about 3 in the morning, while you were actually there as he's fleecing your crap. And you're going to go down and go, hey, listen, I'm a gun control supporter, so please don't shoot me with that weapon. Are you crazy? But we're supposed to listen to you, again, Libs, because you have these, these expansive intellectual powers that you should tell us what's best for us and our kids in our life. Listen, I was a cop, folks, for a very long time. Federal, when you, when you factor in my federal agent career, my time as a uniformed police officer. We are not there as your personal security force. They do an unbelievable job. These men and women work for almost no money. They are never going to get rich doing what they're doing, and they always have to respond to people at their worst moments. It is emotionally debilitating after years of doing it. But they are not there for your personal security force. You call a cop, even where I lived at the time when this happened, in Severna Park, Maryland. They were at least two to three minutes away. What are you going to do? Hold on, let me buy time. What are you going to do? Read them the Magna Carta? Hold on, I'm just delaying till the cops get here? What the hell is wrong with you, Libs? Well, you think we're all maniacs because we want to protect ourselves against that scenario? What is your response to that? This is where the radio guy I was talking to had nothing to say. What's your response? Oh, um, uh, uh, maybe his gun will jam? Oh, okay. Oh, thanks. That's a good one. Well, I mean, well, seriously, what's your response? You're going to use, like, some energy wave or something? Remember Street Fighter? Oh, you get when they do the fireballs. Remember that? For all you guys that grew up in my age, where was it? Ryu and Ken? You're going to throw some fireballs at them? Oh, you get You're going to... What, what are you going to do? You got the magic fireballs? What was it? Guile in Street Fighter he used to throw, like, the magic boomerangs and stuff? You, you have that power? What are you, are you going to talk them down? What, are you going to read them the works of Joy Reid at MSNBC? Or Michael Moore? Hold on, let me play Fahrenheit 911 for you for a minute while the cops show up. Gosh, are you people dopes. I'm talking about you liberals, obviously. You're always... I mean... I mean
Folks, it's frustrating. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, it's, a, it's so tough every day getting up and having to listen to this. I realize this is my fight and yours, too. Thank God we're not in the revolutionary generation where we had to literally fight for house and home on U.S. soil. Those brave men and women laid the groundwork for the most prosperous country on earth. And this fight is nothing compared to what they went through. Or those brave men uh, that, that stormed uh, the, you know, Normandy, and, uh, the, uh, Normandy Beach and my grandfather at Utah Beach. This is nothing compared to that. But this is a tough emotional fight dealing with these people every single day. Nothing they ever tell you. There's always an agenda. Always. Every single time. Do something. Yeah, go do something. Do something positive. Go find a kid in your neighborhood that's playing 23 hours a day of kill the zombie on his video thing. And you know what? Take him out to shoot some hoops or throw the football with him. You want to do something. Stop telling us to do something that always where the something screws us over. All right, folks, i got to take a break. I'm Dan Bongino, at Bongino on Twitter. Comments and criticisms, always, I take them all, I read them all. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter. Filling in for Mark. He will be back with you on Monday. Hey, I didn't forget where I was, by the way. I said I was going to talk about the PR strategy for Dems on gun control, which is completely backwards. I didn't forget. I just need some time here. So, because sometimes I get emails after the show. They're like, oh, you teased that story and you, you made me wait. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I do it the right way. I didn't want to rush through it. All right. I promised I would get to some calls. That's important. So let me take Jamie in. Is that Stevens Point, Wisconsin? Hey, good, good evening. Thank you for everything you've done for serving our country, by the way. Oh, yes, sir. You're welcome. You, you know, I was proud to do it. You, you paid for it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I was proud to do it. Thank you very much. I just wanted to say, you know, all the limits they placed on the Second Amendment already have made things like this worse because in a, in a regular situation, there might have been 50 to 100 people concealed carrying if they, if they didn't limit that. And this is one of the situations where people could return fire safely, not through a crowd. What if, they, what if somebody could return fire and hit this guy before he killed that many people? Might have well, saved- the, the, yeah, Jamie, they don't ever acknowledge that the good guy with a gun stories that are out there by the way all over the place i mean all you've got to do is get a facebook account there's videos of these good guys stopping a bad guy with a gun things everywhere the democrats want you to believe i shouldn't say democrats the liberals want you to believe that none of that ever happens because it defeats their narrative that the gun is a bad thing once you see a a a guy or a woman defending themselves you the firearm then becomes a tool they don't want it to be perceived as a tool. They want you to be guns, scary, frightening. I mean, think about it, Jamie. They can't even define what an assault weapon is. You know? Yeah. How many times have you heard that term? All the time. And what is it? I mean, I, I, what, what's an assault weapon? I mean, <laughs> the, the short answer is whatever liberals say it is. Sorry, Jamie, i got to run. I got, I'm up against a break. But I didn't even bring this up in the last segment. Shame on me then. Assault weapon? What is that? 
What's a non-assault weapon? Oh, it's a weapon that's that, that's black and scary. Wait, wait, what? You're legislating on something you're calling like black and scary? Are you crazy? Like, are you nuts? All right, folks. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark. Be back after this break. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, we are back for the final hour. I love doing this show. Always a great honor to sit in for the great one. He will be back with you on uh, Monday. Don't sweat it. I am Dan Bongino, contributing editor of a conservative review. CRTV is another one of our products out there. It's a great product. Levin TV is over there. Check it out. Got a lot of great surprises coming in the future. CRTV.com. I got a promo code. Use my last name to get $10 off. Check that out. Love working over there. But this has been obviously a really intense show. I'm getting a lot of Twitter feedback on it. Thank you for all the positive feedback. I had you know, a couple of liberals, of course, tweet me. Most of them, at least they were honest. One of them was like, we need to get rid of that Second Amendment. It's for dinosaurs. All right, well, at least you're honest. You're completely wrong. But most of these other Democrats in Congress, we respect the Second Amendment, except the fact we don't want any of you to have guns because you're all crazy. And by the way, a lady posted on my Facebook, which is really was a great response. She uh, she put a message on my board there, and she said, "I made an analogy in the last hour about how liberals think they think we're all nuts that we own guns because they think what we're preparing for is a low probability, low risk event, and we're not. We are not preparing for that. We're preparing for a low probability. We get that." But very high-risk event where the consequence of you being assaulted with a firearm or something, or death, you want to be able to defend yourself. And I use the example of how liberals think like we're preparing for like a bee sting by wearing a Kevlar suit. Like you would think that was a little nutty. Walking out of the house with a Kevlar suit because you're worried about getting stung by a bee? It's low probability, low risk. But a lady posted, which was really smart, on my messages, she said, but think about it. If the chances are death... And you are allergic, potentially fatally, to beast things? What do you carry everywhere for most of your life? <laughs> An EpiPen, because you prepare for a, in, what, in that case, is a low probability, extremely high risk event for you. Genius response. So thank you to, uh, forgive me for forgetting your name. I wouldn't say it on the air anyway. <laughs> Rich is smiling right now. But, uh, but it was a really, really sage comment. Yes, when it's a high-risk event that could involve your death or serious injury, we protect ourselves. Now, I said I was going to get into this PR strategy. There was a piece written at Town Hall. I think it was Jonah Goldberg who wrote it. It's, it's old. It's not new, but it's been out there for a while. I think it was written after Orlando, and it's a really, really good piece. And the gist of it is this. The gun control efforts by the left are going nowhere, folks, nowhere. They're going nowhere because... The, you know, it's the act is up. It's over. We we know what you're trying to do now. You've shown your butts to us. We know what you're, you're not looking to make the streets safer because you don't give a crap about Chicago or anything else. You only talk about gun control measures when they affect legal gun owners because your your agenda is obviously in the end to take away guns, and we know that. So it's up. I mean, the the, the act is up. It's over. But he makes the point that their strategy to try to convince. 
Americans that we should, in fact, be willing to give up our guns or accept a bevy of new regulations is all wrong. And the reason it's all wrong is because they just don't know us. They have no idea who we are. And he makes a really, really good point. He uses an analogy, and the analogy is this. He says, think about the war on smoking and cigarettes, right? He says, the reason that was a successful effort over time to get Americans to, to stop smoking, I mean, not completely, but sm the rates of smoking are unquestionably down. It's a scientifically, statistically valid result that people have, in large numbers, have stopped smoking. Well, why did that happen? Why in the 50s and 60s did all these people smoke that aren't smoking now? Well, there was a vigorous public education campaign that convinced people into believing something that was actually true. I may be adding a little bit to his piece on this. This is my kind of reading of it, but it's an old piece, and I'm remembering what I remember of it. But the point's still valid here. Convincing people what was actually true. Smoking's not good for you. You may enjoy it. I don't support big government bans on these types of things, but it's unquestionably not good for your lungs, okay? It's bad for you. Government decided to put some money into it. Public education, people saw all these ads. Oh, my gosh, this is what your lungs look like. On And it was, folks, it was factually correct. Not only that, he makes a really good point in the piece where he says, people actually knew a smoker. So when you saw these ads, oh, gosh, really? That's what your lungs look like? You know, my mother smoked. You would, she doesn't anymore, but... You, you would say, hey, you know, Mom, I, I, you knew an actual smoker. You'd say, Mom, you know, those Marlboro Lights, that's what she used to smoke. She used to make us run down to Tommy's Deli and get them for us. I'd always get, like, a bagel, too, while I was at it, right? Oh, I used to love Big League Chew, too. Remember that stuff? I'd jam, like, the whole pack in my mouth. It's almost gum in your mouth. But you knew, you knew someone. You'd say to your mom, Mom, I saw this commercial. Gosh, this is really bad. Maybe you should stop. And, you know, she'd gaff you off a few times. But after being badgered constantly, you knew what worked with your mother, or your loved one, your spouse, your kids who were smoking. You knew what worked because you knew them. Maybe your mom doesn't doesn't like like the, the you know the, the hard pressure tactics, right? Maybe she needs a little more of a, a soft approach, and you got to like slowly break her down over time. Maybe your kids that smoke, you could be a little tougher with them. Hey, little Johnny, you need to really stop smoking now, or you're going to see the back of my hand. I don't know. I don't know what works. That's the point. But you knew someone who smoked. What the heck does this have to do with guns? Thinking about that analogy and how that strategy, that PR strategy worked to get people to stop doing something, they are doing the exact opposite now on guns, the liberals. Number one, they are telling you things that are factually inaccurate. Folks, they are just not correct. Are guns dangerous in the wrong hands? Yes. Are guns inherently dangerous? No, they're, they're tools. They don't do anything by themselves. In the hands of irresponsible people, they are extremely dangerous. In the hands of criminals, they can be deadly. But there's nothing about the tool that is inherently dangerous. It's metal in a polymer with a dischargeable round. It doesn't do anything unless a human being engages with it. What they're telling you about guns, oh, more guns lead to more crime, Guns are so dangerous, we got to get rid of the guns, we have to make it harder to get guns, does not comport with reality. Unlike their battle against smoking, where reality was real. People were actually dying of cancer. It was actually happening. 
Your theory out there, liberals, that you keep jamming down our throats that more guns equal more crime is just factually not correct. You know, when we do a scientific study on something, right, we want the largest sample size possible, right? You know, Rich, you want to find out if a medicine works, you don't give it to one person. You give it to an entire population, a representative sample, where you can make a statistical inference from that sample. You want to give that drug to as many people as possible that are a representative sample of the population so you can generalize the results. You don't give it to one person. Why am I bringing any of this up? Because when you look at the gun ownership in the entire United States, the biggest sample size you can get, it is up dramatically per capita and in nominal terms. There are 170 million more guns out there. And yet violent crime's gone down with the biggest sample size possible. How does that comport with your story, Libs? Unlike the smoking story, which was actually true. Why would we believe you? What you're saying is not true. Not to mention what you told us about cigarettes, liberals and Republican, everyone else. We realized over time, we're like, <gasps> having a hard time breathing. Like, gosh, what they were saying is true. Even if you didn't believe it at first, this stuff really does impact your lungs. You may have gotten, God forbid, cancer or some emphysema or just some difficulty, some obstructive disorder in your lungs. People like me who buy firearms in the interest of self-protection of them and their families, nothing happens. The gun doesn't go off by itself. We're like every day we're told how this is, this is so bad, it's a plague on society, we've got to get rid of the guns, and you walk in your house and you're like, well, well why? I don't understand. It doesn't shoot itself. Um, uh, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not possessed. It doesn't do anything. It's not like the Witches of Eastwick or something. It just sits there. Like it's like a hammer in your garage. It doesn't actually do anything to the nail until the human being interacts with it. So it's not true. So that's the first difference. What you said about cigarettes was true. What you're saying about guns is factually incorrect. The data does not agree with you. Secondly, I'm going to go into this a little more after the break. You don't know us. You don't know us anymore. Folks, I love this country with a, a passion I'm sure many of you share. This place means a lot to me. You know, there was nothing, absolutely nothing, like being a Secret Service agent overseas in some third world country dominated by crap political leaders and a garbage political system. And coming back on U.S. soil and kissing the ground at Andrews Air Force Base, or Joint Base Andrews, as they call it now. It was nothing like that. I knew very few liberals in the Secret Service. You know why? You go overseas and you hear about all these world superpowers. You go to Russia and China. No disrespect to the people, but you walk around and you go, thank God I live in America. I love the country, but it's divided right now. Uh, badly, folks. Granted, we're not in the Civil War era, thank God. But it is almost, I don't want to say hopelessly, because I'm never without hope. But it is divided. These liberals don't want to talk to us at all. They think we are bad people attached to ideas. While many of us just think they're bad ideas attached to people on the other side. They're not interested in us. I'm not... 
I'm just telling you what is factually correct based on the overwhelming number of responses I got from people when I ran for office, when I when I put something out on social media, the feedback we get on talk radio. I have heard them. I've seen them show up at speeches I give. They are the angriest people in the world, the modern liberal. They are not interested in what you have to say. They don't understand you. So whereas you could talk to mom or talk to daddy or kids about smoking because you knew them and you knew what worked, they are losing the, quote, gun control, which is people control debate because they have no idea how to talk to us because they don't know us. They don't know what bakes our bagels. They don't know what lights our candles. They have no idea why we get up every morning and do what they do. They have no, they don't have a clue. Not the foggiest idea why we do what we do. They don't know why you own a gun. They don't know why you want to keep your money in your own business. They don't know why you want to control your own health care. They don't know why you want to pick where your kid goes to school. They have no idea because they've never taken five minutes to sit down and listen to you. They live in New York and they live in Los Angeles. I lived in New York. I well, Folks, I lived in Maryland, too. I've lived in deep blue states. These people don't care. I knocked on doors in Maryland running for Congress. When I knocked on liberal doors where people would say the most obnoxious things I have ever heard. Yet when a liberal running for office knocked on my door, I said the same thing every time. I'm not making this up, folks. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'd say, hey, you're running for office. you got a lot of guts. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Unfortunately, you're wasting your time. I'm a conservative. You're better off on the next door. But thanks for showing up. Every time, even when I was in a bad mood. You know why? Because I believe in big R rights, and I believe in the power of the Lord, morals and ethics when it matters. And I'm not going to crap on this guy because he's got different political beliefs, and he came to my door to share them. But when I knocked on liberals' doors, I got double-barreled middle fingers. I got everything. Beat it. Oh, Republican, are you a gun nut? Uh, what, are you, what are you, one of those rich fat cats? Whatever, dude. I would just be like, yeah, right, okay, goodbye. I was trying to be nice about it, but it, it doesn't even pay. All right, folks, i got to take a break. I'm D-Bungino. Uh, I'm so used to using my Twitter handle. I'm Dan Bungino, at D-Bungino on Twitter. We'll be right back. Mark in. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter, filling in for the great one. Give him a follow as well at Mark Levin Show. He's the verified page on Facebook as well. Hey, uh, uh, folks, thanks. By the way, last time I was here, my new book came out. It's called Protecting the President. So uh, uh, thanks everyone who picked that up. And if you'd like to go pick it up, it's still obviously available on Amazon. It came out a couple weeks ago. It's my story inside the Secret Service of what I think the problems are and how to fix the agency. So appreciate everybody who picked up the book. Thank you very much. All right, um, let me go to the phones here. This should be a good call. Let's go to Eddie. In uh, California. All right. You are in, like, gun control central, Eddie. What do you got for us? Dan Bongino. Dan oh, I love it. You've been on with me before. I know, but I'm, I'm about to introduce myself to you again. You're the best. Dan Bongino. There he is right there. I told you I knew him. On fire as usual, Dan. <laughs> Crafty knuckleballer with a fastball. Don't let the smile fool you, America. Don't let the smile fool you. Uh, Dan, it must be great for the listeners to have to... That they really must love the passion in your voice, much like my twin. You know, you 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 have been blessed with a refreshing, creative way of expressing your thoughts. When you talk, Dan, you leave no doubt about where you stand on things. 
Well, you know, like Eddie, I, I deeply appreciate that. You're a good man. I remember the last time we spoke, I said to Mr. Call Screener afterwards, I go, damn, that guy's a great caller. Uh, <laughs> you know, good callers are, 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 are gems on these shows. I appreciate that. But, no, I mean, Eddie, it's like you. I mean, this matters to me. When you start talking about thing like things like taxes, right, you're talking about taking my money. I know you're on the wrong side of it, but the bottom line is you're not going to kill me if you take extra money from me. It stinks. You're absolutely wrong in the economics. But once you start talking about, you know, quote, gun control, which is really disguised as people control, and your ultimate agenda is to disarm law-abiding citizens like me, potentially putting the lives of me and my family in danger. Granted, that's not a high probability, but it's not zero. I mean, how can you not be passionate about that? But, Dan, but, Dan, but, but, and this goes to the left. I want to say it to the left. I have never owned a gun in my life. I've never shot a gun in my life. I'm over 50 years of age. But I'm going to go down to the NRA and register for a first-timer, and I'm getting a gun not for protection per se, because my Lord and Savior covers that for me. That's my faith talking. But I'm going to buy a firearm just because I can, one, and although I would never need it, I am buying a firearm so I can join the gun owners club because I want to be a part of them, 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 that club. And I also want to be a supporter of the NRA. That's why I'm buying a gun for no other reason than that. So to the left, how that tastes. You didn't like that too much, do you? You know, this know is one of those like Matt Damon goodwill hunting. You like apples? <laughs> how do you like them apples? More? Listen, that's your, uh, Eddie, I, you know, much respect, man. I, I, I know how you feel, and I, I respect the fact that you're, you're, your entire life you chose not to. That's, that's a perfectly legitimate decision on your part. And, I, Eddie, I appreciate the call, by the way, and force you up against the break. But what I, what I just totally can't stand with the left is their insistence that people who feel otherwise some, somehow should be stopped because they have, again, some, some, some higher-order intellectual powers that they know what you need. We don't care what you think we need liberals wake up i'm dan bongino we'll be right back mark levin the champion of liberty and true conservatism call mark now 877-381-3811 all right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter, contributing editor of a conservative review. Filling in for Mark, I'll be back with you on Monday. We started out talking about the Trump foreign policy, got into guns, liberal phoniness and hypocrisy on guns. It's just everywhere. And I just want to briefly touch on this, too, because whenever liberals talk about guns, folks, they rarely, rarely, if ever, use statistics that are not cherry picked and lead to a it will lead you down a, a propagandized false narrative road. And it ain't the yellow brick one. So the other day I was on a show and I was uh, debating with a liberal and uh, she brought up this very nice lady, nothing personal. But again, another liberal statistic I hear them throwing out in the news all the time that is completely disingenuous and totally taken out of context. They say, well, she didn't mention this gun show loophole. Because there isn't one, by the way. But you'll hear them talk about that. She said, well, we need expanded background checks. And I said, well, all right, well, what's the evidence that that would actually work? She said, well, expanded background checks have stopped three million gun sales. Uh, uh, okay. To, to who? I mean, <laughs> have st- what does that mean? 
folks, this is this is the genius of and I do mean this, the genius of liberal debating tactics. They throw out numbers to you completely devoid of any context whatsoever, and they expect you to respond and go, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." The, the, guns, uh, the background checks have stopped three million sales. Okay. To who? Okay, so two million of those sales, according to, let me help you, liberals, with that statistic. About two of those three million sales are typically false positives. Meaning, you go to buy a gun as Joey Bag of Donuts, and, and your name gets confused with Joey Haga Donuts, and you then can't get a gun because Joey Haga Donuts had committed a felony and you're Bag of Donuts. That, that's your model of success, a false positive hit? Two thirds of them? And you may say, well, what are the other million? The answer is, I don't know. They'll never tell you. Oh, we're stopping criminals. Really? Because my experience as policing is criminals who've committed felonies don't walk into the gun shop and try to buy the gun with said felony. And if they don't, they just go out and get it on the street. They, they Almost nothing they tell you on this gun issue is ever, ever true. This thing, more guns, more guns are going to lead to more crime. I said to you in the last hour, and I will say to you again, folks, that is completely factually incorrect based on the data here. American gun ownership has gone up dramatically since the 90s. Violent crime has gone down. There's a 2004 study, John Law talks about it all the time. It was a 2004 study on the background checks I just mentioned which determined that not only did they not, N-O-T, liberals, that means negative, like it didn't happen, not only did it not lead to a decrease in violent crime, but it didn't lead to any significant decrease in any category of violent crime either. But no, let's expand this, this broken model now. You know what did work, folks? Because I know there are some liberals listening who are like, well, do you have any solutions? We have to do something. I told you, I already did something. Went out and got some extra magazines. Because I need to protect myself. But we could do something. There was a Chicago gun crime task force years ago that did very did a great job in stopping violent crime with guns. You know, like I said to you before, maybe some kind of a you know local or state driven campaign to get parents to get their kids away from twenty four hours of video games. Maybe an effort by Hollywood to not rack up 250 and 300 person body counts in every single movie. But unlike you, Libs, I don't think this should be government mandated because I believe in this thing called freedom. We shouldn't ban video games. We shouldn't ban Hollywood. Although, frankly, if you did, you'd probably have less violent crime. But we're conservatives. We understand freedom as a price. You know, you see these bumper stations, freedom isn't free, but it's true. You know, freedom has a cost. It has a cost. There are bad people. There is evil in men's hearts that has plagued us, you know, since God first touched Adam and Eve with the gift of life. There has been evil in men's hearts since Cain and Abel for literalists. You're never going to legislate that away. There is no law that is going to stop that. It's not going to happen. Do you understand why we get so offended then, why you talk to us like we're the crazy ones? We just want to protect ourselves against the wolves out there we already know exist, while you talk to us like we're the actual wolves. And you wonder why you're not winning on this gun control issue. Not only not winning, 
But have you noticed, by the way, folks, just a quick uh, aside here. Have you noticed how on relative terms, how quiet the Democrats have been on this uh, gun control thing since uh, since the shooting? Relatively speaking. I'm talking com- in comparison to their that, that stunt they pulled after Orlando where they were all sitting on the House floor. Remember in the House of Representatives and they were uh, putting out on Vine and whatever these video platforms, their, their protests and... Why, why not now? Why aren't they doing that now? Yeah, they're putting out bump stock stuff, and they're generally throwing out their nonsensical talking points. But you notice how relatively quiet they've been? Why do you think that is? Because they're losing, folks. And you've got midterm elections coming up. And Americans are done with their garbage. They're done hearing it. They're done being lectured every time some maniac loses his marbles or does something stupid that we're all supposed to pay for it. All right, let me take a call. Uh, let's go. Who should we go to? Let's try Timothy. He's been holding him on. Let's go to Timothy in Dallas, Texas. We love Dallas, Texas. Timothy, what do you got for us? Oh, nothing. I was going to talk about uh, how we as conservatives, we keep talking about mass shootings when we're debating these issues with liberals. But that kind of pigeonholes us into discussing about gun control. Well, what if we quit talking about mass shootings and start talking about mass killings? Because that also includes Boston bombing, the Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11, uh, all these other things is quit focusing on the tools and more about the people. Well, I think that you know, would be a lot easier. I get it. I get what you're saying. But what bothers me about this whole thing, Timothy, is we can't just be honest. Like, I see where you're going with this. Don't take this as an attack on you at all. I don't mean it that way. But what bothers me about it is we need calls like this from you. That's what bothers me. Like, we can't in an event like this just, you know, call it whatever it is. Because if we say mass shooting, we know, oh, now they'll focus on the gun. And you're like, really? Can we just, like, talk about the... I get it. I get what you're saying. But that's what irks me about this entire thing, that everything in the country has become political to the point where we're forced to defend ourselves against things we had absolutely nothing to do with. And we have to learn this diplomatic, you know, focus group tested language to deal with Democrats because anytime we misspeak and we say a mass shooting, they're going to turn it into a gun control thing when this was really about a psychopath murdering a bunch of people. I, I, I get what you're saying. It's a great call and I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the call, Timothy. But, and I wasn't uh, attacking at all there. I just, it's just sad that, 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 that we've come to this point. Let me take another call here. Let's go to Richard in Twin Falls. Richard, what do you got for us? Van Bongino. Yes, sir. In the flesh. I'm, I remember last time I talked to you it was something to do with the flag and about our Marines. That we don't uh, we don't abandon the flag or each other in combat. Darn right, brother. That was what Darn I talked to you about last time, and I mentioned about your name. Uh, really, <laughs> I remember incredible that incredible name you got there. Yeah, yeah, it was Bongiorno. Uh, Do you know that? Yeah. But my grandparents changed it to Bongino because the Italians were discriminated against terribly back in New York in the terribly. day, and they yeah. changed it to yeah. Bongino, thinking it sounded less Italian. Which I know most of the audience is now probably cackling, like, really? Bongino? Like, could you pick a name that sounded any more Italian from Bongiorno? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I always used to I'd mess with my grandmother. I'd say, Grandma, okay. So we were Bongiorno, and you want, like, couldn't you pick, like, Smith or something? Like, if you put our name in front of an Italian restaurant, it makes sense, right? You don't see, like, O'Reilly's Italian food, but Bongino's makes total sense. I'm like, if you were trying to make it sound less Italian, did you have to pick Bongino? I'm sorry I took too much of your time. What, what were you going to say? No, next? no, that's fine. That's fine. I, my family did the same thing um, on my mother's side. The, the long Italian names, they cut them down, abbreviated them, and uh, 
a lot of them became doctors and lawyers and chief oh, yeah. of police and all kinds of things there in California. Yeah. But I wanted to say, um, in my in my time, I, I spent two years in combat back in the in the late sixties, sixty seven, eight, and nine. Vietnam with the uh, First Marine Division, yeah, in Vietnam. And then I spent the last part of my tour. I I spent with Second Battalion, Third Marines. And um, without without going into great detail, I I. I was present for many a firefight, and it starts out with a crack and a pop, and then pretty soon the, just the crescendo is just incredible. It lasts for a couple of minutes, but the firepower is just is is what it's all about. It's who has the most firepower, who wins the firefight. Yeah. And that guy over there in Las Vegas, he had so much firepower, and the thoughts came to my mind. It's too late for Las Vegas. We can't go back and turn the clock back. The damage already done there. But in the future, these things should be thought about. First, big building like that, it should be absolutely mandatory that they have electronic sensors on all the windows. It goes down to a central monitor. When there's a window broken, they know where and when, and you know they can pinpoint it immediately. That's one thing. Yeah. That would give them a great advantage. Secondly, when shooting like that breaks out, there should be uh, an emergency effort to shut all the lights on because the muzzle flashes were invisible because of all the lighting. You couldn't tell where they were coming from because there was so much light already. Right. So and, and, and behind... Richard, I, I yeah, get that, but you would have a problem, I think, with evacuation. There, there may be people in the hotel, in fact, who would then have a problem getting out. But I think another good idea would be for any mid- to large-size police department, if you don't have it already, which many of them do, to strongly consider a really strong, vibrant, robust counter-sniper program. For Because, listen, this is going to be a template for terrorists in the future. These are sick people, and they see this. But, Richard, can I just quickly say, well, I just want to thank you for your service, man. Um, I watched this thing on PBS about, about Vietnam the other day. And, um, you know, I lost an uncle over there. I never met him. Wow. He, right south of Ho Chi Minh City, he was killed. He was shot in the back. He got the bronze star with a V cluster. And wow. I happened on onto PBS the other day, and I was watching the final of a 10-part series on Vietnam. And they talked about the wall and the construction of the wall and hearing these guys go back there. I just think you guys got treated awfully. You got treated terribly. And and watching the video of some of these, these people back there who, when you guys came back, spit on and treated awfully, I just want to thank you in front of Mark's millions of listeners for everything you guys did for this country, going overseas under awful conditions with the American flag on your back, doing a mission you thought was noble, and it was noble at the time, stopping the march of communism in the world. You guys did an unbelievable job, and I'm I'm, so, I'm really sorry I got to take a break, Richard. But I did not want to let you get off the phone without saying thanks, brother. You are a good man, and this nation deeply appreciates what you did. Thank you very much. And to all my comrades who were with me. Yeah, and all your comrades as well, and every Vietnam veteran listening, a big hug from all of us. You are amazing people who put up with an unbelievable amount of garbage when you came back. And I watched that special, and I rarely get choked up on TV, but I was a bawling mess 
watching that. All right, I got to take a break. Richard, thanks for the call. Thanks for your service. And again, a big thank you to everyone out there who served and is serving now. You all are the best of us. We'll be back in a minute. Mark Lovin. Folks, welcome back. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter, filling in for Mark. He will be back with you on Monday. Hey, I just want to wrap up the show, one, by thanking all of you. Thanks for all the great calls, tweets, Facebook messages. I appreciate it. You all are great. And by the way, if you haven't picked up Mark's new book, Rediscovering Americanism, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. It's a terrific book. I'm in love with the idea of explaining away the why, why liberals do all the dopey things they do. Mark's book breaks it down for you. Go pick it up. Rediscovering Americanism, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. The book was uh, topping the charts forever there for a reason. It's a really terrific book. It explains the why, and the why matters. You're never going to get in liberals' heads unless you understand what got in their heads. And that book, uh, Mark's book, does it. I want to leave you with this thought. Folks, we're not subjects of the crown, okay? We are free citizens in a free constitutional republic. We don't work for the media. We don't work for, we're not indentured servants to academia or Hollywood types or to Jimmy Kimmel or Michael Moore or Nancy Pelosi. We are not, this is not a monarchy. It's not an oligarchy. This is a constitutional republic of free people that permits the government to have power. You don't permit us to have rights. Our rights are big R rights. The rights you think you have are little R rights, and they do not come from you. And we're not asking you your opinion on it. My rights come from a higher power. I call that person Jesus Christ. You can choose to call that that person whatever you want. But I am not asking you for my rights. My rights are not negotiable. You only have power through the government, through your your silly media platforms, or at least in the case of the government, because we give it to you. But you only have power in the media as well because we give it to you too, because some people choose to listen to your garbage. This is not a negotiation. The nation is living through a really horrible tragedy right now. But the fact that you have turned this into an attack on people who politically feel differently than you and have a different political ideology and believe that, oh, my gosh, they should have the big R right to secure the lives of themselves and their sons and daughters and their wives and mothers and fathers is a disgrace that you've turned it into a debate on that. And you wonder, you wonder why this... Why, why now the level of partisanship in the country and crossover voting is at epic lows? Because we don't trust you anymore. You have violated every ounce of trust we've given you. We relied on you in the media to give us facts. You couldn't even do that. You had one job. One job. You ever see that on Twitter? You had one job. You know, the guy, there's always someone who screws something up and it's a simple task. Like he was supposed to lick envelopes and, and, and whatever. You, you even screwed that up. It's like you had one job. You have one job. And you mess that up. We're not asking you guys, why are you getting this impression from this conversation that we are in the middle of a negotiation for rights that were given to us by the Creator? I have a family that matters a whole lot more to me than my local congressional representative, although he happens to be a pretty nice guy. 
These rights are not up for negotiation. Stop playing the defensive act here, folks. These are your rights. You have the right as a free American citizen to speak up for yourself and represent your interests without being called every name in the book by lunatic liberals whose only interest is demeaning you and diminishing your power, diminishing the power of the individual and increasing the power of the state at your expense. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Dan Bongino, at D. Bongino on Twitter. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot.